Tennessee adds its fifth transfer portal commitment on Tuesday afternoon. Another cornerback, the second of the cycle. What does Jalen McMurray bring to Tennessee's defense? That and a whole lot more. It's your Wednesday Locked On Balls. You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, good Wednesday morning, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Vols. I am your host, Eric Kane. Appreciate you for being here. We're a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is your team every single day. Big thanks, as always, for following along with the show on YouTube, subscribing, and downloading us wherever you listen to your podcast. Got a fun show coming up today, a transfer portal commitment. Jalen McMurray, what does he bring to the table? That in segment one, Vol Hoops hits the road for the first action of SEC play on the road, that is, at Mississippi State. Say all that you need to know heading into that matchup. And then Ward Wednesday stops by Josh Ward for his weekly hit here on Lockdown Vols. That is the roadmap here for your 30-minute program. Jalen McMurray, cornerback, formerly of Temple. What does he bring to the table? Well, like I said, he's the fifth cornerback commit, uh, joining the likes of Holden Stays, Jacoby Thomas, Jamal McCoy, and Chris Brazel. Now you throw Jalen McMurray into that mix. He's the second cornerback of the group joining Jermaud McCoy. He's officially listed on the Temple website at six foot, 180 pounds. I think he's a little smaller than that. Probably give him about 5'11", maybe 175. Uh, but he was in town last weekend for a visit. Uh, he took in the game uh, against um, the basketball game against Ole Miss, the big win uh, he and his family did at Thompson Bowling Arena at the Food City Center. He will have two years of eligibility remaining. So who is uh, th- this new cornerback for the University of Tennessee? Well, Jalen McMurray, he played in parts of 27 games over the course of his career at Temple. He redshirted in 2021 and then was a redshirt freshman in 22 and then a redshirt sophomore this past football season. Picked up the starting gig at the very beginning of the 2022 season against uh, against Duke. Um, he's logged over his career in you know two years and some change. 90 career, career tackles, two and a half TFLs, one interception, 12 passes defended, He's also forced a pair of fumbles, and he's recovered a fumble as well. Um, again, Pro Football Focus, take it or leave it. It's something, it's not everything. Pro Football Focus has the cornerback on the field for 742 snaps. It's a lot of snaps this past football season in 2023. 654 snaps back in 2022. Only 32 snaps as a true freshman. He went on to redshirt that year back in 2021. Uh, the publication also gave him a grade as 80.6 as a redshirt freshman in 2022. That was kind of the high points watermark. 66.5 according to Pro Football Focus this past year. Again, something, not everything. But according to that metric, it looked like he regressed a little bit in his play. But as I always say, Pro Football Focus is good for things I'm about to read right now. You know, yards given up, targets, uh, you know, targets to a, an opposing cornerback. Uh, touchdowns given up, um, snap counts, very, very big, that, that type of stuff. And so, you know, the the grades, I don't often put a whole lot of stock into. But again, according to Pro Football Focus, he's given up five total touchdowns after being targeted 94 times in three seasons. So that ratio is uh, pretty good right there. Again, he's the fifth transfer portal edition of the class um, is Jalen McMurray. And... You look at kind of what that means for the defensive back room. So I look at it like this. 
Can he come in and, and compete for a starting job? Absolutely. Um, nothing set in stone right now. As we've talked about on this podcast, the defensive backfield for Tennessee, wide open. Every starter is gone. You are hitting the refresh button. You are starting from scratch, right? And so your two cornerback spots are up for grabs, two safety spots are up for grabs, and the star position's up for grabs. Uh, we have a good idea that Andre Turrentine's going to play one of the safeties. Jordan Thomas is going to play the star. And then you would think that Ricky Gibson is going to start at one of the cornerbacks. But still, that room decimated by departures. Kamal Haddon exhausted his eligibility. Danico Slaughter hit the transfer portal. Gabe Judy Lolly, after five years in college, he's going to move on and go to the NFL. So those were your three starting, you know, quotation marks, cornerbacks. Kamal Haddon and Danico Slaughter started the year, but Haddon missed half the year with injury. Danico Slaughter missed a lot of time with injury and gave, gave Judy Lolly, though he wasn't an opening day starter, he appeared in every football game and he made 10 starts. So it's pretty much, I give you, I give you three starting cornerbacks for Tennessee in 2023, but your starters are gone. Well, the guys behind them in the reserves, Brandon Turnage has entered the transfer portal. Warren Burrell has entered the transfer portal. He's committed to Georgia Tech. Deshaun Rucker has entered the transfer portal. He's committed to UCF. So get a load of this. I broke down the numbers here. In total, okay, Tennessee is losing a combined of these cornerbacks who were on the roster in 2023 who are now off the roster, just cornerbacks, not defensive secondary, just cornerbacks. Tennessee is losing a combined 191 games played, 70 starts, 6,727 defensive snaps. That's a lot of football. Again, Warren Burrell was a three-year starter before getting hurt and, you know, at the beginning of the 2022 season, and then serving as a key backup and special teams player that each, you know, really in 2023, Brandon Turnage has, you know, done spot time duty as a, as a starter. Deshaun Rucker hadn't played in a while, but he got some significant playing time last year against, um, I want to say Alabama, or maybe it was two years ago against Alabama last year against Pitt. He's seen the field a little bit. We know about Gabe Judy Lolly. We know about Kamal Haddon. We know about the Nico slaughter. So there's a lot of production loss from that room. Again, I'm going to read that again. The cornerbacks who were on the 2023 roster, who are now off the roster for 2024, Tennessee is now missing a combined 191 games played, 70 starts, 6,727 defensive snaps. Again, I'm not trying to make it sound like Tennessee is losing all these All-Americans. Kamal Haddon's a good player. He's hurt. Gabe Judy Lawley was solid. Danico Slaughter went healthy, I thought was pretty good, but he wasn't healthy at all this past year. Brandon Turnage, Warren Burrell, Deshaun Rucker are not starters on this football team, but still experience. So Jalen McMurray, along with Jermon McCoy, the two transfer portal additions at cornerback, and the one we're speaking about right now, Jalen McMurray uh, from, um, from Temple, now joining a quarterback room that has Ricky Gibson, one start to his name. Christian Harrison, Jordan Matthews, Christian Conyer, combined zero starts. In fact... Jordan Matthews played, I want to say, in only three games this year. Christian Conyer was on special teams, but you know those freshmen didn't contribute. And Christian uh, Christian Harrison really was never a factor up until playing 15 snaps in the bowl game due to the departures of all these guys that I've mentioned above. Caleb Beasley did sign a part of the class of 2024. He's going to be in the rotation. He's going to be competing at cornerback. But more than anything, it's a body. And I'm not trying to say that 
that's his ceiling. I'm not trying to say that he can't come in here and be a starting cornerback. I don't know. We'll see. Spring will tell. But more than anything, it's a body because you don't have a whole lot in the cupboard, if you will. Um, you know, Jalen McMurray is a, a guy that is experienced again, played, you know, pretty much last two seasons being a starting a cornerback. He was he was named uh, Field Steel and um I think college football news, you know, preseason all conference, the conference that's um that Temple played in. So he's got some recognition a little bit to his tool belt, but the stage is bigger now than it ever has been for him. And Tennessee does get another quality body. So now five additions via the transfer portal, two cornerbacks, one safety, one wide receiver, and one tight end. Tennessee, more than anything, needs some offensive line help. We'll continue to uh, to navigate through Lance Hurd and see if Tennessee can get some good news in terms of Lance Hurd as we continue on this week right here with Lockdown Balls. Hey, more to come. We'll give you a preview of Tennessee and Mississippi State. That's coming up next right here on Lockdown Balls. What I'd say about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs, at the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team that you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. We've all put our job, put our resumes online, hoping to get that next job in our, our career field, that next stepping stone, or maybe you've reached your ceiling and you want to continue to grow your small business that you own and operate to its maximum potential, but you can't do it alone. You need somebody that's qualified. You need somebody that you can trust and over at LinkedIn jobs, they can help you with that. It's not just any other job board. It's got a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Plus hiring is easy when you have those quality candidates. So easy. In fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your job for free. That's at linkedin.com slash locked on college, linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions do apply. All right. Welcome back in here to your Wednesday edition of locked on balls. We got ward Wednesday coming up next with Josh Ward in segment number three. But before we get into Josh Ward, I do want to, kind of navigate and kind of preview what's in store for Tennessee coming up tonight in the SEC opener at Mississippi State. It was a really, really good start to the SEC slate for Tennessee in 94 or a 90 to 64 win over um, Ole Miss on Saturday night. Jonas Adu, 24 points. Uh, Zakai Ziegler, a double-double. Tennessee looked really, really good. But it will hit the road for its first road test away from Thompson Bowling Arena at the Food City Center in conference play. Tennessee comes into the matchup 11-3 on the season, 1-0 in SEC play. <clears throat> Excuse me, Mississippi State also 11-3, but 0-1. It won, it, it lost uh, in uh, Columbia, South Carolina on Saturday by a score of 68-62. Of course, Tennessee coming off that massive win, 26-point win over Ole Miss on the same day. So the other two losses for Mississippi State, again, coming in at 11-3, lost to Georgia Tech in the uh, SEC-ACC Challenge, 67-59, and then a really, really bad loss to Southern from the SWAC. Mississippi State lost at home to Southern by a score of 60-59, so lost by one point, but still, that's a really, really bad loss. Not only is Southern from the SWAC, but <clears throat> excuse me, Southern is 8-7 and seven on the season. So that is not 
a good loss on that resume for Mississippi State. Tennessee is 9-1 and one in its last 10 ball games against Mississippi State, including having won five straight. Uh, Mississippi State was preseason ranked 7th in the Southeastern Conference. It was a tournament team a season ago. Went 8-10 and 10 in conference, but it was 21-13 and 13 overall. Uh, some of the, uh, the, the player personnel to look out for. A graduate student for Toulouse-Smith II. He's missed all but two games so far this season, but he's been back, played the last two games on the schedule, came off the bench in the loss against South Carolina. He was a preseason first-team All-SEC selection. Um, in two games, he's averaging 14.5 points per game, so double figures, almost 15 points a game. He's made 9 of 11 field goals so far, and he's made 11 of 12 from the charity stripe. So a really, really good player, likely coming off the bench still, but Tulu Smith, a guy that's been around this league for a long time. Uh, Josh Hubbard, guard, he is also out there, 14.4 points per game on shooting 41.7% from the field. So backcourt presence in terms of scoring, that's Josh Hubbard. What about down low? Uh, Jimmy Bell Jr. leading the way with 8.6 rebounds per game. And then Deshaun Davis, 3.4 assists per game. So Couple of quality players to be on the lookout for: Tulu Smith, Josh Hubbard, Jimmy Bell, Deshaun Davis. Um, ESPN's matchup predictor on the old handy ESPN app gives Tennessee a sixty point five percent chance of victory. Tennessee, according to FanDuel Sportsbook, is a two and a half point favorite entering this football entering this basketball game on the road, with the total sitting at one hundred and thirty eight point five. So one thirty eight in the hook is the total. Tennessee a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at Mississippi State. All that from our friends over at FanDuel. Uh, let's look down deep into the stats, shall we? Well, points per game, a, a lot of even statistics here when you when you really look at it. Points per game, Tennessee scores on average 78.7 points per game. Mississippi State, 75.2 points per game. Points allowed, Tennessee's allowed 64.3 points per game. Mississippi State, 63.1 points per game. So a little bit better there. Field goal percentage, Tennessee shooting at 43.8%. Mississippi State at 45.1%. Rebounds per game, virtually even 39.7 for Tennessee, 39.4 for Mississippi State. Assists per game, 17.4 for Tennessee, 15.2 for Mississippi State. And you remember, 34 made baskets. For Tennessee, 34 made field goals against Ole Miss on Saturday. 25 of those were assisted on. That that again, that's uh that's probably my favorite stat from the basketball game against Ole Miss. 25 assists on 34 made baskets. Not bad whatsoever. What does Ken Palm think about this matchup? Well, Tennessee is the fourth overall team in the Ken Palm rankings. Mississippi State is down at number 29. Offensive uh, efficiency there, 23rd ranked volunteers. 78th ranked Mississippi State Bulldogs. So Tennessee, the clear advantage on the offensive end, 23rd, where the Bulldogs are ranked 78th. On the defensive end, both really good stout teams. Tennessee, the second best defensive team in the country, according to Ken Palm, while the Bulldogs are number 10, which is nothing to slouch at. It's a pretty pr pretty good uh, pretty good defensive team. But here's another stat entering the game that you need you need to remember. Mississippi ranks Mississippi State ranks 41st in the country in two-point field goal percentage. Pretty solid. When you think about all the teams in the in the nation, Mississippi Mississippi State ranks 41st 
in terms of two-point field goal percentage, where they lapse are behind the arc. 246th is where Mississippi State ranks in three-point shooting percentage. We like to say that Tennessee can't knock down a three. We like to say that there's dry spells and Tennessee can't shoot behind the arc, and that's fair a lot of the times. But 246th in the nation in three-point shooting field goal percentage. That is not good. So play style defense, force them out to the perimeter, make them shoot their shot from there. Chances are they're going to miss. I like Tennessee in this game. I think Tennessee is just a step above this Mississippi State team that is pretty stout defensively. Uh, there's no blemishes on Tennessee's radar. Three losses to three of the top four teams in the country, whereas Mississippi State has a horrible, horrible loss to Southern and then is coming off a loss last weekend to South Carolina. So I'm expecting Tennessee to win this game. I'm expecting Tennessee to improve to 12-3 and and 2-0 and in SEC play and come back to Knoxville and continue on with the SEC slate. That game is going to tip on the SEC Network at 7 o'clock Eastern time tonight. Thank God for a 7 o'clock Eastern time tip, even though the game is in the central time zone. Can't be more thankful for that. Hey, more to come. We'll have Josh Ward joining the show right here on Locked on Balls. FanDuel Sportsbook, the NFL regular season, it's done. Wildcard weekend is on the horizon just days away. One of my favorite weekends in all the sports calendar. And it could be one of your favorite weekends as well. If you can put some coin in your pocket over there at FanDuel Sportsbook. It's America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get up to 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. 150 bucks, win or lose, in bonus bets. It's that simple. All you can do on the safe, secure, easy-to-use app. So many different ways to play. You got live, same-game parlays. You, have, you can find bets in the new Explore tab as well. Make Parlay and the Parlay Hub the best way to find those popular parlays. Total, spreads, individual prop bets. Those are so much fun, and I encourage new users over at FanDuel Sportsbook to check out those prop bets. It's simple, something you can pay attention to, and it's fun as well. FanDuel Sportsbook, it's America's number one sportsbook. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on for 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. All that and more, it's FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. Segment number three of a Wednesday show. You know what that means. It is Ward Wednesday time with Josh Ward from 991 The Sports Animal. Josh, good Wednesday. Hope you're staying dry. Yeah, raining time here in East Tennessee. Hope everybody's uh, driving safely. If you're listening to this, moving around, or you know, if you're watching, of course. Uh, but yeah, good times right now with a lot going on for Tennessee fans to keep up with. Yeah, we'll get more to Tennessee specific here in a second, but the college football playoffs have come to an end. College football is officially over. Michigan wins the college football playoff. It looked like it was going to be a route in the first half. Washington came back and kind of made it a game, but eventually Michigan took control there in the second half. You know, how much, how long until this championship is stripped from Michigan, or do you think it'll ever be stripped from Michigan? Yeah, my guess is that it won't be. I do enjoy the jokes because that's what college football is about a lot of time is ragging on other programs, whether they're a rival or not, just making jokes at the expense of other teams or programs or fan bases is really what it ends up being about. Tennessee has been on the not so fun side of that at times right now, Tennessee's in a really good shape where they can kind of point at others and laugh and have a good time. But the way I look at it is Michigan went out there and, and beat up on teams this year and over the last few years. So yeah, like Reggie Bush, he broke some rules. I think it's pretty obvious at this point. Rules have also changed since then. 
I'm a proponent of giving him his Heisman Trophy back. I'm a proponent of Michigan being recognized as the national champ because I think the Wolverines went out there and earned it. You look at now the college football playoff, the four-team playoff, it's it's come and gone. It's going to go to a 12-team playoff next year, how that looks, how that is selected. You know, we'll, we'll kind of see exactly you know, what the committee values in terms of selecting those teams in there. But overall, the four-team playoff era, was it a success or not? Yeah, it was a success. Um, I would say compared to the previous system of the BCS, college football, it's weird in that it, well, it's weird in many ways. It's weird in that it, it has to take baby steps along the way. It can't look at what is an obvious destination and jump to that. They went to the BCS. They went through it for so many years with so many people predicting at some point you're going to a playoff system beyond two teams. And those who were involved in the BCS, profiting off the BCS, would say no until there was a chance to profit even more. And then when they went to the four-team playoff, my immediate thought was this will expand in the future. A lot of people predicted that would happen. It just took time. So for what it was on the way to becoming a 12-team playoff, which, by the way, you don't have to be in favor of if you don't like the idea of a 12-team playoff, perfectly fine. But uh, the four-team playoff system, I think, did its best along the way. It, of course, finished in controversial fashion with Florida State being left out, which also is on the list of perfect college football storylines. Controversy always follows the sport. Look at Tennessee as it tries to make the college football playoff next year, the 12-team playoff, and of course, uh, kind of start a leg up in this new era of SEC football with 16 teams, no divisions. Um, trying to get some more done on the transfer portal this week at the time of this recording. Nothing has happened, but obviously in search of some offensive line help. How big of a priority is it now with Gerald Mincy entering the portal that you go and find a tackle? And I think Tennessee would still like to find a guard uh, mm-hmm. because there's obviously a hole there when you look at 2024. Yeah, I think my thought here can work whether Tennessee has or has not landed somebody else on the offensive line. By the time you're listening or watching to this conversation, Tennessee has to get offensive line help. We cannot totally discount the idea that players who are on the roster now can develop and become better players. But Tennessee's coaching staff cannot solely count on that. I don't think Tennessee's coaching staff is just counting on that. They're telling us that they need help. There's a reason that they have pursued several offensive linemen. So sometimes we don't even have to wonder what is our opinion. We can look at what the coaching staff is telling us or showing us Mm -hmm. in their pursuit of other offensive linemen. I thought landing another offensive lineman was important before Gerald Mincy left. You mentioned the guard position. That is an unknown. Maybe Andre Carrick is the guy there and plays at a higher level than we've seen to this point in college. But I don't have anything to point to to say that will happen for Tennessee. We saw the offensive line perform well at times. We saw the offensive line struggle at times this past season. Tennessee ran the ball overall this season very well. In the four losses, they did not at all. Uh, They really struggled. Jalen Wright had a, a really good season. But look at his performances in those four games. It wasn't where it needed to be. Tennessee needs to be more consistent in running the ball in 2024 than this past season. They need to be more consistent in protection of the quarterback who is going to be young and still learning. We saw in the bowl game that Nico does have a ton of ability. He does have all the skill set that we've talked about, but he needs more help up front as he's still working on decision-making and processing and figuring out what to do with the football, get rid of it, make a play, run for it. So 
the better they are up front, the better Nico is going to be. It's not just about protecting him and keeping him healthy. It's about allowing the offense to run uh, at the level that it's capable of. In 2022, Tennessee was able to do that because of Hendon Hooker. They were able to do that because of Jalen Hyatt and other players on the offense, but because of Darnell Wright and Jerome Carvin, who were very important players in that offensive line, Tennessee is still working to replace them. Yeah, I think both can be true here. Um, knowing that the COVID era has kind of thrown a wrench into that, and it's kind of a, a a weird time in college football, but also, you know, things stay, you know, status quo. 2024 will be the fourth straight season every season that Josh Heupel and Glenn Ellerby have been here that they've not started. Obviously, the first season you couldn't, but they've not started an offensive lineman that they spot, recruited, signed out of high school. And it's not the end of the world. And again, the, the COVID years kind of, you know, allow some of that to, to be prolonged. But, you know, that, that, that's got to change at some point, right, Josh? I mean, that's not yes. a very good sign of where your program is, in my opinion. It's not the end of the world, but, I mean, that, that's got to change here pretty soon. It has to. It has to over the next couple of seasons because Cooper Mays, Javante Spragans, John Campbell, junior veteran players that we're talking about for 2024 are not around. I, I I haven't been able to come up with extra eligibility they will find for 2025. So Tennessee has to plan to be without them. And the transfer portal is a way to help, but that has not been their best success on the offensive line. They've, they've found some help. They've been better off with some of the transfers that have come in than if they had not landed them. But if we look over the last few seasons and we're ranking the offensive linemen that have played for Tennessee – Mincy, Campbell, and Carrick do not rank at the top. So that that is, a, that is a route. But the best route to success when you're talking about five positions, and really more than that in terms of the amount of players you have to have because you have to pre- expect that injuries are going to occur. This past season was a reminder. They have to find guys at the high school level. And in 2024, I'm not aware of any of the 2023 class members uh, excuse me, 2024 class members, guys that just signed. I'm not aware of anyone expected to come in and play right away, but by 2025, this group that just signed and is coming on campus has to be ready to help. They have to have a player or two at least be ready to go in 2025. So what you're saying is, job well done, Jeremy Pruitt, right? Jeremy Pruitt uh, had several issues in terms of running a program and being a head coach. But overall, talent evaluation was not on that list and being able to acquire talent. How did they get those players? It's kind of been established at this point. It's actually kind of established how other programs get those players. Well, some are just more buttoned up than others. But Jeremy Pruitt left some gifts. Hooker was a gift. Byron Young was a gift. Darnell Wright was a gift. Cooper Mays, who is still the starting center, was a gift, and then Josh Heupel and his coaching staff deserve the credit for everything they've done with those players. But Josh Heupel's job is also to get more players, and they've done that at certain positions. And this offensive line group that just signed looks good on paper. Let's see how it performs over the next few years because that's going to play a huge role in how much success Tennessee is able to have. Michigan winning the national title and the way they were able to run up front is a reminder of that as well. Yeah, and we talked a lot about the offensive line this week on the show. Um, wasn't planned to, but it just kind of comes up every single day in conversation. It is worth pointing out. I mean, Glenn Ellerby's developed a lot of these guys. Cade Mays is better because of Glenn Ellerby. Darnell Wright, Cooper Mays, Jerome Carvin. 
you know, all these guys. So it is worth pointing out that as well. Hey, mm-hmm. out the door real quick, Tennessee at Mississippi State tonight. Uh, Tennessee drilled Ole Miss in the SEC opener. Volunteers look pretty good. It was only one game of 18 in the SEC play, but you got to like that a lot when you're when you're in two leading scores. Dalton yeah. Connect and uh, Josiah Jordan-James were held at eight points. Yeah, this team has a number of options offensively. So game in, game out, we'll talk about different players who step up offensively and really on the defensive side as well. Tennessee is is driven by Zakai Ziegler, and he's declared himself back. Mentally, he looks like he's back in terms of confidence and where his body is, where his knee is. The way he played the other day, the way he's shooting the basketball is a big deal. What Adu did the other day, if he's able to play at a high level throughout the season, that's a big deal for Tennessee. Going on the road is a, a different kind of challenge, and there will be some games where Tennessee doesn't shoot well, and the offense isn't there. Maybe this is one of them. So getting through this week will be a challenge, but the Vols went into conference play as a favorite or one of the favorites, depending on who you ask, and that's still the case. Tennessee did kind of send a message of what it's capable of. It's a long journey. That's the required disclaimer that everybody's aware of at this point, but this team is deep. This team has bought in. They're playing as a team. And with Zakai Ziegler playing the way that he is, the Vols can go a long way this season in conference play and beyond. He's Josh Ward at Josh underscore Ward on Twitter. You can listen to him and VFL Jason Swain, noon to three on 991 The Sports Animal and the Sports Monster out there in the Tri Cities. And of course, yeah. you got the, uh, you can stream and, and, and listen via the app and all that and more. Um, you got the uh, Josh and Swain newsletter coming out every Friday morning at 845. You cannot avoid us, and I apologize for that. But uh, if you do take a moment, I would greatly appreciate it whether you check out the description or simply type in joshandswain.com to subscribe. It's once a week in your email inbox. So, yeah, we're having fun on the radio, doing video and everything else, plus a little bit of writing with the Josh and Swain newsletter. Josh Ward, give him a follow on Twitter. Josh, appreciate it, man. Thanks, Eric. All right, and that's going to do it here for this edition of Lockdown Vols, this Wednesday show. Uh, Big game coming up later tonight for Tennessee basketball on the road. We'll take a look at how Tennessee fared in that one on Thursday's show, that and a whole lot more. The latest in the transfer portal, all that right here on Lockdown Vols. Until then, enjoy the rest of your Wednesday, everybody.